Well, this afternoon we'll be con- uh, continuing in our uh, in our walk through the book of Hebrews. And while we'll be continuing in our walk through the book of Hebrews, we're also going to be uh, closing up uh, part six of holding on to the greater than here with uh, the 14th part of this section. Um, so we're in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through chapter 11, verse 40. Uh, Let's once again hear from Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen is not made out of things that are visible. By faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he commended the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had gone out, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and who had and And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater of greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Let us pray. Our Father, great and glorious and wonderful is your name, and wonderful is your word, and we thank you for this, your word. And we ask, O Father, as we have just sung, that you would take your word, plant it deep within us, that you would shape and fashion us in your likeness. We pray, O Father, that your word, by your spirit, would strengthen and increase our faith and work in us according to your purposes. And would you rest upon this preacher, chain him to the truth that is your word, so that he might freely declare your truth with clarity, with accuracy, with understanding. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we have been walking through this particular section of Hebrews, uh, we have been seeing examples of those who have held on to the promise that was set before them. The promise of the one who is the greater than, who from their perspective had not yet arrived. We have looked at uh, the ways that God's faithfulness was testified in and through them, knowing that uh, we need uh, endurance. And by saying we need endurance, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is we need faith faith in Christ. And we have been looking at this hall of faith or this cloud of witnesses that we see spoken of in Hebrews chapter 12, which we'll be getting into uh, next week, actually. And we'll see the beginning of that as we move on to the next section of, of the book of Hebrews. And now in what we're looking at today is in verses 39 and 40. And we are looking at what is in reality a summary and closing argument of what he has been speaking of regarding this cloud of witnesses, regarding our need of faith, which spurs within us endurance, our need to rest upon and receive from God in Christ Jesus. In that, in the summary statement, all of these of which he has spoken had not received what was promised, though they were commended through their faith. 
and that what that tells us is that we God had God in his purpose has provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So we're going to be uh, breaking that up today and looking at the implications of all that and what it is saying to us. Uh, First of all, we see that all of these were commended for their faith. First of all, who are all of these? Is this speaking of simply those who came from roughly uh, maybe verse... 32 to the end, or is it speaking of everyone? I take it as speaking of everyone of whom it has been speaking in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, from chapter from verse uh, two and three all the way on running from Abel all the way to all the various different peoples whose acts and whose uh, sufferings through faith were named in the passage we looked at last time we were in the book of Hebrews. We look at some of these just being reminded. We remember that uh, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Why was the sacrifice more acceptable? Because he was accepted. God testified to having accepted Cain by receiving Cain, I mean Abel by receiving Abel's sacrifice. Abel's sacrifice. Abel was accepted by God and God testified to his having accepted Abel by receiving his sacrifice. And how did that occur? Was it because he offered a superior sacrifice? No, it was because he believed God because he had faith. He offered from his flock as he was a herdsman and Cain offered from his produce as he was a worker of the fields. One was accepted, one wasn't. The one that was accepted was because he had faith. Faith in the God who made promises and keeps promises. We also see, looking on, we saw that there was Enoch who did not see death, but by faith was taken up. We looked at Noah who by faith was warned by God concerning his as events yet unseen that is the flood to come and he built an ark that ark which was the vehicle of salvation for uh, Noah and his family and the two of every kind of the animals and that ark was a type of Christ and in building that ark he was looking at a shadow which is testifying of Christ to come and then we also uh, looked at the patriarchs uh, of the Hebrew faith We saw Abraham who obeyed when he was called to go to a place to receive an inheritance, believing God when he said, I will give this to you. And that he dwelt in a land that was not his own as an outsider. Not really, as we see, as we saw later, looking for an actual homeland on earth, but looking for that which was an eternal land, a heavenly land. And that earthly land was that which testified of something greater. He was looking for the city that had foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And he went and dwelt in that land along with Isaac and Jacob as strangers in that land. And just as uh, we saw today, all of them died in faith, not having received the things promised, but they greeted them from afar desiring something better than what they saw right before them. But Abraham 
Also continuing by faith, offered up Isaac, his only son, who from his perspective was the son of promise. And he offered him up expecting there to be a resurrection. And there was, in a sense, resurrection because in Abraham's mind, Isaac was as good as dead. He had committed himself to carrying out the act of offering up Isaac. And in his mind, he had, he had, he had reckoned in his mind, Isaac is going to die. But God rose him from, a, from the dead in Isaac's mind for he, I mean, in Abraham's mind for he said, wait, and offered a substitute. And so we see Christ being testified to in that looking to God and trusting him, even though that which you could see from conventional wisdom would say God's going back on his word. We also see that by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau and Jacob offered blessings upon his sons. Joseph Mention the exodus which is yet to come. And by faith, all expecting God to keep his promise because God makes promises and keeps promises. We also saw Sarah, who a little bit further back, who though she was barren and beyond age, God, she trusted the Lord and by faith conceived. Moses, by faith, was said it was rescued by his parents. By faith, he Moses himself chose rather to rather than embracing the spoils uh, of the riches that that he could have had and the ease that he could have had that was born on the back of his people. He chose rather to embrace being mistreated with his people by faith, trusting the God of Israel and instead of the God of the Egyptian, the gods of the Egyptians. And he left Egypt. And then we saw that by faith the people crossed the Red Sea. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Why? Because they did not believe. What was a vehicle for salvation for the believers served as a testimony of destruction for the unbeliever. And then we see Rahab, Rahab mentioned who by faith did not perish. Though she was outside of the community of Israel, she believed the report and believed the promise. And she, a Gentile, was rescued, who is in, who is in the lineage of Christ. That's counted in both um, Matthew and Luke. And then, of course, we have the, uh, the various different names of those who experience various different what we would call feats of victory by faith, being shutting the mouths of lions, um, quenching the power of fire, enforcing justice, obtaining promises, conquering kingdoms, women receiving back their dead. But then we also see those who, by faith, were tortured. They were imprisoned, suffering change, fl- chains, flogging. Being stoned, sawn in two, killed with the sword. All of these things by faith. All of these things that by conventional wisdom we would say and conventional understanding we would say uh, there's something wrong that you're experiencing this. Something wrong with you or maybe your faith isn't strong enough. But here he says by faith they experienced all these. God blessed them in their sufferings and through their sufferings. 
And here we see the summary statement now in verse 39. All these were commended for their faith. That is, God accepted them and he said, these are mine and counted them righteous, which is things he said a couple of different times that they were counted as righteous. He counted them as righteous and commended them and accepted them and regarded them on account of their faith. And again, remember, when we say faith, we don't just simply mean some sort of a nebulous idea of just having faith. As in like saying, well, I have faith in faith. Such as the sports fan who says during championship season, believe. Believe in what? But rather this is faith in Christ. And while they did not see Christ, and we're going to talk in just a moment, clearly they still trusted the promise of God of things that testified of Christ to come. They looked to Christ knowing there was a Christ to come because God had so promised and God said it was going to happen. But each of them were commended for their faith, not having all the revelation that we now have. They still trusted God. They still trusted him. And still trusted, trusted Christ who is yet to come. But we see that they were not only commended for their faith, we also see that even though they were commended, they did not receive what was promised. Now, what do we mean by that? What do you mean they did not receive what was promised? So what was it that was promised and that they did not receive? Is it eternal life that they did not receive? Is it salvation that they did not receive? Was it uh, being counted as righteous, that is justification they did not receive? No, it's not speaking of that. For it says they receive those things looking for those things, and they receive them and participate in them. In fact, verse 12, 1 and 2 gives us that implication as well. All of the above indeed are are promised by God in His Word and things to which they long for, going all the way back to the garden. But all of them have these, but they indeed have all of these things being commended for their faith. What this is being referred to This is referring to the promise that was made to them from the very beginning and the thing that was also promised through them. The thing to which the prophets so diligently looked to see what it would be from 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, uh, which we'll look at a little bit later. That is the offspring of Eve who would crush the serpent's head, looking for the seed of, of Abraham, through whom all the clans, all the nations of the earth would be blessed, looking for the true ark, looking for the true exodus, looking for the final prophet and the ultimate high priest, Jesus the Christ. That is what was promised. And yet they did not in their life see it. But yet they still believed God. Though they did not receive and see and behold with their eyes the promise to which they were looking, they still believed, though they did not receive it. Because you see, the promise was not fulfilled until the fullness of time was to come. They had the promise of the revealing of Christ, the redemption of God's people. But as we saw earlier from Hebrews 11, verse 13, It was a promise that they saw from afar. 
but they still received it. Hebrews 11.3 says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. They didn't receive all the things promised, but they greeted them from afar. And Luke chapter 10, verse 24 tells us this. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Speaking to his disciples. And in 1 Peter 1, verses 10 and 11, he says concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. They did not behold this. They did not receive in their time and in their life the thing that was promised back in the garden. While Abraham and Sarah gave, while Sarah gave birth to Isaac, Abraham and Sarah through Isaac saw the promise, but they didn't receive the promise in its fullness. For that promise looked further than Isaac. They received a down payment on the promise. The thing promised is Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 tells us that the seed is Jesus. And the ark shared of the promise, testified of the promise, the ark, Noah's ark. And while he, found, while he and his family found deliverance in this life and indeed found right, the righteousness that is by faith, that ark testified of Christ, but they did not behold Christ. They knew, but they, they saw the testimony of it and still believed God. The greater then, though, had not yet come. The greater prophet, the greater Moses, the greater priest, and the greater sacrifice. But yet, they still beheld it. By that promise, they now enjoy the benefits and, and will participate in the resurrection but in their lifetime, it was a faraway shadow like the outline of a distant ship through heavy fog. They received from the standpoint of promise, but we have received from the standpoint of promise being realized. Promise being fulfilled. Christ having come. They had the pledge, we, ha- we have seen the real thing. And they, and we, and they, but yet they still receive the same inheritance as us. But what that tells us, though, he goes on to say, since God, God having provided something better for us, I changed a little bit of the translation there, reflecting what I see going on in the Greek. Uh, Since God having provided something better for us, that is, we have in this life a greater realization of the promise as Christ has come and Christ has died and Christ is risen from the dead. We enjoy the fulfillment. We enjoy Christ in us, the hope of glory. We enjoy the spirit working us, working in us in a way that while he worked in those before Christ's coming, 
We could say, based on Pentecost, it is in greater experiential fullness, with greater certainty of Christ having come. We also, as Hebrews has stated, we are in time and space in a better covenant. A covenant that is better than the Mosaic covenant. A covenant that fulfills the things the Mosaic covenant gave testimony a covenant of grace that is not rooted in any ethnic lineage or rooted in any sort of national boundaries, but rooted in identification with the head of that covenant who has fulfilled all the covenant obligations of the law, that law which says, do this and live. That covenant, that Mosaic covenant, was a covenant rooted in as far as in time and space for continued life in the land was rooted in do this and live. It was a works covenant, not for eternal salvation, but for life in the land. Yet even in that, it had gracious provisions that testified of God's grace that would be in Christ Jesus through the sacrifices. But consider even in that, the details of all the various different sacrifices that had to be offered over and over and over and over and over again. The feasts that had to be done year after year after year after year. The cleansings that had to be done day after day after day, after day. Ritual cleansings for ritual cleanness. They testify of the need for cleanliness. They testify of the need for holiness to approach God. Something that that covenant couldn't give. But yet, those who believed God found it Because they looked not to the provisions of law, but they looked to the provisions of grace that would be found in Christ Jesus, to which those to which those shadows, those types, those metaphors testified. So we have no more sacrifices. Fellow I know who did his uh, published translation of Hebrews that was done in such a way that it was hierarchical and kind of showed the showed a structure that he saw. He named he titled the book of Hebrews. He said Hebrews colon praise God no more sacrifices. John Gill says of this the thing better that we have. It's not a better state of the church in such respect as to be free from suffering reproach and persecutions. For this is the case of saints under the New Testament as under the Old, nor the felicity uh, that's the happiness of the soul after death, nor any greater degree of happiness in the other world, nor nor the perfection of blessedness in soul and body, things common to all believers. But Christ as now exhibited in the flesh. Jesus Christ was the same the yesterday of the Old Testament. He goes on and says, They had Christ in promise. We have him himself that was promised. They had him in type and shadow. We have him in reality and truth. They believed in 
and were saved by Christ who was to come. We believe in him and are saved by him as being come. Hence, our case is with respect to these circumstances better than theirs. We have a better covenant. We have something better. Because the, fulfill, because the fullness of time has come and Christ has come. He has died and the testimony has been completed. The witness has been completed. The types and shadows have served their purposes. And we have a more sure and a more sure testimony of God's promise for that Christ has come to us. After all, have we not seen the assertion of the superiority of Christ to all that came before? The superior revelation, greater than angels, greater than Moses, greater than the priesthood, greater than, the, greater than all the sacrifices. He is the beginning and end of all Christian life. Furthermore, we are part of a greater revelation because of the greater than. Remember, just as we mentioned, he's greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the priesthood, the greater sacrifice. John Gill again says, all the outward glorious worship of the Old Testament has no perfection in it. And so it had no glory when compared with that glory that the gospel ushered in. There was a lot of beauty in the old, in the old covenant worship. A lot of glory. But that faith that fades and pales in comparison to the glory that's in Jesus Christ, to the glory of the fulfillment. For the surety has come. Second Corinthians, chapter three, verses seven through ten speaks this. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come, has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it this is in the section which it says that the uh, spirit the letter brings death and the spirit gives life uh, some people have read that to mean that adherence to the word of god we we need not be so adhered to the word of god we just need to listen to the spirit that's not what it's talking about at all what it is saying is the two covenants the old covenant was one of the letter it brought death because it was a covenant of works but the new covenant in Christ Jesus brings glorious eternal life. Eternal life to those in the old covenant received by faith, looking to the promise. So we see we have something better, a better glory, because we have a better covenant with a better covenant mediator. Not just simply better, but superior and perfect lacking in nothing that which the law was useless to do Christ has brought about 
Furthermore, it also says that they should not be made perfect apart from us. The idea of being made perfect, brought to completion, completeness of their salvation, having brought to the completeness of all those things. Think of this, apart from that which we in time and space have experienced and seen in Christ, they looked for it, and by what has come to us, they have been made perfect and saved and redeemed. Apart from the fullness, there is no redemption. If, the, if that's all there was, was that old covenant that was then there was nothing more being tested to which was being testified. It wouldn't save anybody. It required the fullness of time to come Christ. And that has come. And by that, which we have now received in, uh, in clarity, in fullness, in fulfillment, they have been made complete and are made complete and made perfect. By that, they received their salvation. John Owen says of this, all the advantages of grace and mercy that they received and enjoyed were by virtue virtue of those better things that were actually exhibited to us, applied through faith and not in virtue of anything committed to them Enjoyed by them and enjoyed by them by virtue of things to come. So it's always been looking forward to Christ. It's always been looking forward to that. It must be when we read the Bible, one thing Hebrews tells us, we shouldn't read the Bible as a bunch of disjointed stories or even disjointed eras, which really don't have any relationship to one another. Rather, it's one story with one plan with one people, with one Savior, with one mediator, with one Lord. People who've been united by all that. Furthermore, the perfection involves as well the fullness of the body of Christ, this great cloud of witnesses that we'll read about in Hebrews chapter 12. Speaking to believers after Christ, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Think about that. Part of the same body. That the fullness of the body of Christ, the fullness of his people, is not made complete apart from the fullness that is in Christ Jesus. Apart from those who would come in Christ. There's no part of the Christian community whether it would be a local church or the universal church being spoken of here, that can be complete without the other parts. There's solidarity in God's people throughout the ages. In chapter 12, verse 23, we see uh, it's being speaking of, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all. He says, um, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels and festal gatherings, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. What this is, and so we see that the church, like this body or building, is made complete. That is, all of these members of this cloud of witnesses are part of the church of Jesus Christ throughout the ages. 
It's not just about fundamentally about a particular nation that occupied uh, that, that, that is on a particular place in the earth in the Middle East. It's about the people of God throughout the ages. And that's the completion, my brothers and sisters. And praise God for that cloud of witnesses composed of those who trusted Christ, though not having seen him. And what else could we desire, though, other than other than all the blessing that gave that God gave to Abraham, Moses, Davis and David and all those others being spoken of on the prophets, the godly kings. John Calvin says, how could we desire anything other than that he should have a regard for us so that we might be united together with them in the body of Christ? They're united with us and we've been united to them. And it is all through Christ Jesus. And think, without Christ, without him having come, we would not have a New Testament era. We would not have the gospel going throughout the entire world. We wouldn't have hosts and hosts of New Testament believers from every tongue and tribe and nation and people. Because the promise not the promise doesn't just go back to Abraham. And even the promise to Abraham says all the clans of the earth. The promise goes back to Adam there in the garden of one who would crush the serpent's head. So we have this great promise that we have received. All of these who through faith looked to God in Christ Jesus, not having the clarity of revelation that we now have trusted him. How much more should we so do? How much more reason do we have now to keep putting one foot in front of the other, enduring in faith in Christ Jesus? So brothers and sisters, in closing, we have this great testimony laid up before us. We have this great glory laid up before us. And we have a greater glory that's having come to us. Let us look at these who through faith did many great things and through faith suffered many great things, not having seen what we see. Let us look to this one who has come. Let us rejoice in the unity of God's people from every different possible walk of life. And let us rejoice in this common inheritance and this common joy that we all have together in him, having been made perfect and complete in him. And through him, who is the greater than, who is the greater revelation, who is the greater than angels, who is the greater than Moses, who is the greater um, than the priests and who is greater than all the sacrifices. Let us pray. Father, we praise you, O Lord, and thank you for your goodness and your kindness demonstrated to us in Jesus Christ. And we ask, O Father, that you would lead us continually in the way of life. Help us to trust Christ, knowing what we now know, living, remembering these who look to you, not having the things that we have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.